To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Yo, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week I have on Josh Kirchner. I met Josh at the Western Hunting Expo and we had a great conversation. And so I just had to get him on the podcast. Uh, Josh is, is new to backcountry hunting. And, and with that, he brings this great perspective. As I've been doing it so long, I forget a lot of the details or I forget the mindset when I was starting out and how difficult it can be. And so he does a great job of explaining backcountry bow hunting to to beginners as he's just been through this process and so familiar with it and so it just made for a a great conversation josh is extremely honest and and just we're we're able to dive in depth with with feelings and with uh uh, some of the fear in the backcountry and then preparing yourself for it's just this great in-depth conversation so i really enjoyed it I know you guys are going to enjoy it too. We'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. I want to thank Sitka. Uh, Sitka builds the best technical mountaineering gear on the planet. Uh, I absolutely love these pieces. And they have a system for all different weathers, for all different hunts. Uh, You know, starting with the early season when it's hot. That lightweight hoodie, it breathes so well and then just covers up. It's got thumb loops to cover the backs of my hands, which are always getting torched in the high country. And it's got that hood to keep that sun off the back of my neck and the and my ears. That's just a great piece. And, and you actually keep cooler in that piece the way the air moves through it and cools you, uh, the, the, the way it dries quickly. I keep cooler than that than I would with no shirt on. Uh, it, it's just great gear. They've got the Ascent pants uh, that match up really well with that lightweight hoodie for early season hunts. And, and then they just have a system for... Uh, the 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 mid season hunts and the late season hunts, uh, and I I just build it by starting to layer up with a a heavyweight hoodie, and and then I'll use their insulating layers. You know they've got great insulating jackets. They've got a new insulated three quarter pant now. Um, you know, and and then if it gets wet, they've got the gear to protect you. Just the best raincoats on the planet. Uh, a great gator design. I use those gators constantly. And if you want to keep your feet dry during a hunt in September, you have to have gators. That wet grass will just bleed into your pants and then uh, bleed down into your shoe and into your socks. And you'll have wet feet even if your boots are waterproof. So uh, just a, a great catalog of gear. I love their late season gear as well. It just keeps me warm, keeps me safe, keeps me out there longer and keeps me effective. Um, it, you know, it's a big reason why I harvest the animals I do. And I just can't thank Sitka enough. I absolutely love the company and love their gear. So if you're in the market for a new piece, make sure to check them out. Sitka hunting gear. I also want to thank Matthews bows. Matthews are building the best bows on the planet. Uh, these things are just absolute shooters. I mean, for me, uh, archery is all about accuracy and forgiveness and Matthews has just nailed it with this new VXR. It is the best bow I have ever owned, the best bow I have ever shot. I have so much confidence in this weapon. Uh, it, it got a really forgiving tune, um, getting a ton of performance out of it. 
I've already harvested a, a good bear with it this season. I can't wait to see what I turn up the rest of the season. But uh, this VXR, uh, these engineers have just outdone themselves. Uh, the, the bows nowadays are getting so smooth. I love the draw cycle. Um, I, I love the way this, this bow holds and aims. And, and then I just love the forgiveness of the shot, how... Um, you know, the arrows just end up close to center and in good group. So I'm so impressed with these bows. If you guys are in the market for a new bow, make sure to check out Matthews and shoot this new VXR. Uh, last year's Vertex is a great bow. Uh, just so impressed with what these guys are turning out. And I can't wait to see what I can do with season. So if you guys are in the market, uh, make sure to go check them out. And thanks to Matthews for all their support on the podcast. And with that... Um, man, we are closing in on season. Uh, it's about the only thing going through my brain nowadays is uh, getting to this hunting season. Man, um, good miles, good runs, good hikes, uh, shooting my bow like a madman, uh, making plans. I got to try to get one scouting trip in and then just taking care of everything You know, with, with my job, with work, with this podcast, with my family, just trying to get everything set for, for my best hunting season to date. I absolutely can't wait. It is closing in. Uh, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to record some good podcasts for you guys. I want to sit down and do some solo podcasts. They seem to do um, good on Eastman's Elevated, do a solo one on mule deer, solo one on elk, maybe antelope, and then one just on on motivation and mindset during hunting season. You know, So much of it is just uh, attacking the mountains and, and putting in those miles and putting in the search for those next level critters to try to create an opportunity. So uh, I am going to sit down and record those. Just been absolutely swamped here with everything I got going, but it's a good thing. We'll get all this work done and uh, cruise into hunting season and go chase some critters around. So thanks you guys for the support. Oh, let's let's get into this podcast. So uh, Eastman's Elevated. This is Josh Kirchner. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Here we go. Yeah. Well, right on. Um, conversation's great. I think we should just get right into it and get chatting. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, live here. Got Josh Kirchner. Um, did I say your last name right? Will you say it once for me, Josh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kirchner. Kirchner. Um, man, I'm excited to connect with you. So uh, we met at, at Salt Lake, um, and then we've been following each other on social media for a while. I'm just... Um, uh, I'm so impressed. Uh, you've been so prevalent in, in your writing and things in the outdoor industry. And then I'm, I'm so impressed on all these adventures you've been going on, whether it's high country mule deer or desert mule deer or bears. Like you've really immersed yourself in Western hunting. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, got bit by the bug pretty hard. Um, probably, man, I think I've been like really just like, clinically obsessed with bow hunting and stuff probably for like six or seven years and um yeah i don't know man it's just like western hunting to me uh it's just so much adventure you know like and it's more like the, the more that you do it I, I feel like um it becomes a little bit more than just a hunt you know uh there's just so much more to enjoy about it and stuff you know so yeah oh uh one and uh, we were just talking before the podcast and um, me being in construction, uh, you work as a roofer, you know, for, for us 
just working class average guys to be able to go on these amazing adventures and and bring this passion into our life uh it, it's um you're you're right it's more than just a hunt it's it's like a it's like a, a lifestyle and and uh you know I, sh- I sure feel bad for guys that haven't found their passion and there's a bunch of things to focus your energy on in life but to have something that you truly love to do and challenges you every step of the way and, and makes you be so disciplined and and um, commit yourself to it man I just absolutely love that like it's it's just really filled a spot you know it, it in my heart or in my life you know oh absolutely man like I when I I remember um like before I ever went on my first out of state hunt, I always looked at that as kind of like this thing that was unattainable. Like you watch all these shows and stuff and they're great, you know what I mean? But it it like it makes it almost like mystical. You know, <laughs> like like you can't like reach that. Um but the the reality is it's like these these adventures, man, they're there for the taking, you know. You just have to like be willing to invest a little elbow grease into it like they are of course like you can empty your wallet really fast going on like adventure hunts but there's a lot of hunting adventures out there that are just so affordable if you just you know it's just like budget your money you know what i mean like i remember the first time i went out of state the whole year before that i was like you know what i'm gonna go hunt elk in colorado and i i kind of like priced out how it what it was going to be and then i divided it by 12 you know and i'm like okay i need to put this amount of money away each month and then i'm elk hunting and that's like the discipline part of it right it's like it's like okay maybe i don't go out to eat as much or something like that you know what i mean and you just make it happen man that's so it six to seven years bow hunting experience you know and you've been able to build your skill set to be able to you know not only go on these out-of-state hunts, but be successful at them, and and that takes a lot of work and dedication, like with with all your research and your your practice with your bow. You know, closing on an animal is so tough to do. Finding animals when you, you know, when you haven't grown up doing it, or or like you say, just transferred over to bow hunting. Like it 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 takes a certain skill set, so you sure have developed that quickly. I hey, appreciate it. I, sometimes I question myself and. <laughs> feel like I still don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> That's part of the journey. Yeah. Uh, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's uh there's a lot of truth to that, man. It's like, um, you know, it's it just, if you put forth the effort into it, like, uh, you just get lucky. You know, if you're just, if you just day after day put in good effort, good miles, good elevation, you sit behind your glass, even if you don't know anything, you're just bound to turn up a, a deer or two or turn up some elk. And then once you can take that information and transpose it into different areas and go, okay, I finally saw a couple elk for all this effort and they're down in this canyon. What canyons look similar to this? Like, our advantage as human beings is to be able to think, to be able to strategize, you know, and, and, and I really think hunting, it highlights that, you know, intelligence isn't all book smart and, and taking tests and getting good grades. Like, you know, there's also street smart and there's also hunting smart, like being able to adapt, being able to think, theorize, like, like I really feel like that's where I shine because that's what I love to do and what I think about all year long. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, if you it, it just takes, uh, you know, uh, willingness, you know what I mean? Like it, it's uh, hunting can be incredibly discouraging, um, especially if you are if you kind of like lack in the drive department. But if you have like the drive to like really want to learn how to do this and understand that like hunting, like in my opinion, and bow hunting in, in particular, like bow hunting is a marathon. It is not a race. You, you, you need to uh, just take it as it comes and recognize. I think something that's really important is like recognizing like these little small victories that you have. Like maybe maybe a victory is not you putting an arrow through an animal, but maybe a victory is you, you found the animal, right? Like if, if you're new to all this, like that's a milestone in my opinion, you know, and then like maybe like your next victory is, oh, I got to within bow range, but maybe I didn't get a shot. I think that's awesome, man. And I think that like recognizing stuff like that, it just puts more fuel in the tank for your future adventures and, and to let you know, it's like, okay, like I, you know, I can do this. You know what I mean? I've gotten closer here and gotten closer there and it's just about putting time in and eventually like it's going to happen, but it can definitely be a, <laughs> it could definitely flip your mind around, man. Like bow hunting is sometimes a stress test. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've been uh, so like the past um, what are what are we in? We're almost in June right now. So I've been I drew a spring bear tag here in Arizona uh, this year, and it's an archery tag, and it opened beginning of May. So since May, like I've been like backpacking into this rugged country and stuff multiple times. You know what I mean? Just looking for bears. I turned up one fantastic red boar in early in early may i i didn't have enough time to make a plan on that evening um went dove down in there the next evening hoping he'd come back to the same little spring that he was at he he didn't get the memo um and then since that point i didn't see another bear until yesterday or i think it was last night yeah um and i called in I, I walked out on this ridge and a blonde bear walked out right in front of me. Like end of the day, I've been hunting all day long and nothing, been calling and stuff, nothing. And then I just walk out to this little outcropping that looked that looked like it had a good, it was a good vantage point. Walked out and then just like this bear just like walks out like it's no no big deal. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like dude, I've been looking for you all day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he just like walks out. He starts walking away. And I start calling at him to try and bring him. He was at 94 yards. I trying to like bring him closer. And we were, ju- we were just separated by this like r- really rugged, steep drainage. And he just wasn't motivated that much to cross it. And then as I'm calling at that bear, I hear something behind me and another bear comes in from behind me. And that bear is at 59 yards. And uh, just a real small chocolate bear, I decided to let him you know, enjoy his spring, but, um, just it, it's the whole thing behind what I'm trying to get at is like stuff can turn around in like a second. And if you're not there to experience it, you're just, you're just not there. You know what I mean? So it's so true. You have to be the eternal optimist. I've, I've had some of those bear seasons where, um, you know, gosh, I've had bear seasons where I do 50 days in the spring. Now I get, you know, evenings after work and weekends and, and then free days, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, even when it's really good, the grass is really green. We've got great bear populations. I mean, I can go 10 days and just get blanked, you know. Bears can be a real black magic. Bears really take a uh, just a, a mental fortitude just to, to keep going, to keep looking, keep believing. And, and really all hunting for that matter, you know. It's just this – I think if you can get your mind right and get your mental side right and – you know, you talk about drive or you mentioned drive and being a driven person and how that works well for bow hunting. But we can be any man we want to be. We can decide we want drive tomorrow and just start putting in the work. And all of a sudden we build these good habits and all of a sudden we have drive. You can get to hunting season and just set this goal. Of, I'm going to hunt hard every single day. Every single day I'm going to put in, you know, at least a few miles, at least – the thousand vertical feet. I'm going to get to vantage points. I'm just going to give it my effort day in, day out. And you can transform yourself. You can be that guy. You know, you just have to make that decision. But I think so much of this hunting comes down to the mental side of things, that mental toughness, mental fortitude, being able to uh, endure, uh, uh, you know, days and endure bad weather, endure heartbreak. And, you know, bow hunting is this great journey that takes us to our, our highest highs. But, you know, the reason it does that is it also takes you to your lowest lows. It can crush you, you know, when you when you miss a shot or make a mistake or mess up a stock, you know. And so, like, uh, you, you just have to have that, that mental fortitude, eternal optimist, I know it plays a huge part in my hunting success and hunting enjoyment, and I'm sure it does yours too, right, Josh? Oh yeah, like that's so true. It's um, it is not like I I think you're absolutely right. Like you can you can mold yourself into like what you want to like your like what you want to be. You know what I mean? But um. It, it's not going to come without some bumps, though. You know, like for sure. Like they're they're like goodness gracious I, i've i've quit before you know i like Me i'd too. be lying if I, yep. i'd be lying if i said i hadn't you know what i mean like after like you know i've been before like i like i hit an elk bad and um i was just disgusted with myself you know i i and i and i was like you know what i'm done and, and that's kind of where i was and i look back on that and i'm like man i had another day or two it was like the eighth day of a backcountry hunt, you know, like first shot opportunity the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you know, like to have it come to that point and then everything you've been working for that whole time is right there. And you just you just screw up like a stupid mistake. It was just like it was like a um, I just misjudged the yardage. That's it. it like that's like that's it if it wasn't for that like would have got that bull you know but um yeah i threw in the towel and went and uh, drove home you know what i mean and i, I like kind of like i look back and I, I try to like go through life without any regrets and stuff but um i like looking back on stuff like that it's hard to be like man i wonder what would have happened and i think that's what is all like this old bow hunting thing all comes down to it's like you don't know what's going to happen if you're not there to experience it so just like understanding that I think that you need to like embrace um, these like learning opportunities. Like failure, if you want to call it that, is like it's an opportunity to get better. You know, like it, it's like I've I've tried to say before, like failure, you like you're not taking a step back, you're taking a step forward, right? Like you're one step closer 
to like getting to your goal, no matter how, and if it, like, no matter how much heartache is involved, <laughs> you know, that sometimes it is, but like, that's really what it's all about because there's a lesson there. There's a lesson there somewhere, you know, you just need to, you just need to find it. Man, you're so right. I learn so much more from my failures than I do my successes. And, and, um, you know, you can be any man you have to be, but you have to shape and mold that just like what you were saying. You can't just decide that you're mentally tough and you're mentally tough. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> takes, you know, it takes like years of, uh, of paying your dues. You know, I'm out on the trails every single day running, just sharpening that mental toughness. And I have, you know, all these backcountry hunts to draw from where I, I have, I've displayed this mental toughness and I know I can do it and I know it can come together. Like you said, it can come together and all change on the last day, even if he hadn't seen an animal the whole time, you know? So yeah, that, that mental toughness, it, it, uh, it's deciding you want to do it, but it, it's also paying your dues and building those calluses, making a ton of mistakes. It's, and it takes quitting. Like I almost think, like you're talking about those failures, like it almost takes quitting and going home and then thinking about that all week, all month, all year. Go, man, I sure, I sure threw it in early. I, I could have kept going and, you know, in, in your situation, like hitting a bull bad, you know, I've been there before where it's just like, man, I hit that bull bad. I know he died. I'm notching my tack. You know, I'm, I'm done. It's like I, I got my chance and I messed it up. And the, the thing about bow hunting, that you have to realize too is you can't ever have those shots back. You can't ever have those moments in time back. So, so you train and prepare yourself for them. But if things go haywire, like like you can you can overthink the world, just thinking how you change it and how you. But you don't you don't get that chance. That moment is gone. All you can do from that moment is think about it, get better, and prepare for that next moment. And I am. I am so deadly after I make a mistake. Like redemption is a huge driving force. And when I mess up an opportunity or I mess something up, man, there's just a fire that burns in me to get that chance and prove to myself that I can make that shot and make that happen. Like I, I take a lot of pride in being clutch in those really high pressure moments, you know, so it just kills me if I, if I mess up or it doesn't come together or whatever, but that, that drives me to create another opportunity and, and make something else happen. And, you know, bad situations, whether it's a bad stock or a bad shot, a miss or whatever, and, and definitely a bad hit is the absolute worst thing, you know. But, you know, a clean miss or a bad stock or you spooked an animal, like it, it's just about getting back on the horse. Like the quicker I get back to hunting and forget about that mistake or not forget about it but put it, you know, in the back of my mind, just get back to glass and get back to trying to create an opportunity, you know, Pretty soon I'm back to myself, you know. It it doesn't take too long. Um, you know, I I I just think it's such an important skill. Um, is is just the mental side, uh, and especially like what you specialize in, which I think is so great. Like the purest form of hunting is backpack hunting, where you have to carry everything on your back and, and, and get into country, and you have to mountaineer into country and climb these peaks. But not only climb these peaks and come back down, you have to live up there for days and up where it's inhospitable and, and, and up in these chutes and slides or whatever the case is, wherever you're backpacking and, and then trying to get within a stone's throw of an animal. Man, it's the purest form of hunting. And um, you you have a new book out, like specialized in that, Josh, which – I'm so impressed by, uh, you know, we were talking earlier before the podcast, but congratulations on the book, man. Becoming a Backpack Hunter, uh, a beginner's guide to hunting the backcountry. Um, 
what what an amazing accomplishment. Oh man, thanks, Brian. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they, there's definitely easier ways to do things, right? Than backpack hut. <laughs> like, um, I don't know, man. Like the backpack hunting thing. I remember I, I used to tell myself um, I was never going to do it. It just seems it just seemed like a stress test. Like it was just too hard. I, I love that term you use. The stress test. That's so perfect for for hunting or for backpack hunting. Go ahead. Yeah, dude. It was just like so. But I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, it was my ignorance on the topic. You know, I just didn't know how. I didn't know the motions. You know, I didn't know how it all worked. And then after I, you know, just the more that I read about it and you know watched films on it and stuff, I just kind of got inspired. I'm like, you know what? I think I can. I think I want to try to do this. And I also, uh, something I haven't, I don't really, haven't really advertised too much, but like another reason I really got into backpack hunting was I looked at it as a, something that I could do with my wife. Um, and what I mean by that is I could backpack with her. Right. So like I looked at backpack hunting as this like dual thing where I could like take my wife on these backpacking trips. So we're spending quality time together in these amazing places, but I bring a set of binoculars with me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <just> like <laughs> I do. I've done many of those trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, um, after after you know, I got all my gear together and stuff like that, and I went on my first uh, backpack hunt. It was here. So I live in Arizona. Um, it was down here in Arizona. I backpacked into this area for coos deer in our. Um, we have a archery. Uh, archery over-the-counter deer season in January. And I remember at my camp, I, I, I set my camp up on top of this, like, kind of mesa-looking thing, and um, behind me was a giant basin that was filled with rutting coos bucks. And then in front of my tent, I remember the first morning waking up, and that's what really was like, I need to do this more. I open, I remember opening my vestibule and, like, you know, you're 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 sleeping where you're hunting, so there's no reason to like get up at three o'clock in the morning, and like unless you need to make like a big push, you know what I mean, like to get up to the top of a peak to grab a vantage point. Like I I really like to try to sleep fairly close to where I'm gonna glass from, and I think it just saves energy by doing that. I think, you know, so so I was only, goodness, I was probably a hundred yards away from my glassing point, so I you know I got up and the sun was just like the you know the sky was like orange i opened the tent man i just like what i saw like was unreal you know it's like what a, what a front porch you know what i mean like i've got this like incredible view in front of me like there's like snow on the mountains and there's a bunch of rutting coos bucks behind me in the basin that i'm in a glass this morning and that uh right there i was like after i did that trip it, it, there's also like a sense of accomplishment right like you, you go through like you know, living in the city is just different than living in the backcountry, <clears throat> and I th and I think after you go and do something like that, you you know you put all in all this effort, put all the gear that that you need on your back, and you push into this area, and you sleep and you live with what's on your back, whether you fill your tag or not, man. Like when you're like walking back to the truck, man, dude, I had a smile on my face. It's like hell yeah, I just did that, you know. Um, and then ever since that point, I've just been like just super super driven to like backpack on as much as i can and uh since then 
why to get into the book thing, like why I kind of got into that was as a like I was writing kind of like right around that time and as, like you know this like when, when you when you're like writing articles and stuff like that you, a lot of people ask questions about stuff and like people were like seeing that I was getting into this backpack kind of thing and I kept getting a lot of questions about it you know and like you know I do my best to answer all of them but then like after time went on it's like you know what I think I just like want to write this stuff down you know and like not approach it as like being an expert like I, I i don't i I say that in the book like i'm like i'm not an expert you know what i mean but i do have a perspective i think that um some people it, it seems like people you know get some value from it you know what i mean because i'm not approaching it as look at look at me look at all this you know badass stuff that i do i i truly want to help you know and just kind of like lay this roadmap out for people that don't even know, like I, in the book, I talk about like, not like if you're wondering about backpack hunting and you, you don't know if you want to do it, I go through that, you know, cause I was there. And then I take you from there, that point all the way to you packing an animal out back to the truck, you know? So that, that's kind of the, the, the whole thinking behind the book, basically a roadmap for the beginner that's looking to get into backpack hunting. Man, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. Like, uh, authenticity is king and we're all on our, our own journeys, you know? And, and sometimes when you've been doing something so long, like you forget what it's like to start again, you forget what fear is like, you know, you forget what, uh, you know, what a overwhelming, you know, overwhelming, daunting task it is to try to get all the gear and to try to get your mind right go solo in the backcountry and sleep back there um so man i think that's beautiful like you're on your own journey and you've got great perspective on what it takes to become a backpack hunter because it's so fresh in your mind and you had to go through this journey you know i don't i don't know it seems like you've been on your own path and decided to to do it like you didn't have a lot of mentors that were taking you out and showing you how to backpack hunt like you had to figure it all out and so through that you know and and maybe i'm speaking out of turn too i don't know josh but no 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 you're you're absolutely right like i didn't like my dad like i grew up my dad like he introduced me to hunting and stuff like that but it was never like about backpack hunting the backpack hunting thing was totally on my my own terms like i learned that all all by myself so it's so cool man it's so it's just so fresh in your mind and you've had to teach yourself and learn all this information and resource it and so yeah you've compiled all this information to make yourself a successful backpack hunter and to be able to have these quality experiences back there and so throughout that man it's like you're really able to sh to share what it takes to become one, you know, man, it's just awesome. I think you got great perspective on it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was that was the idea, you know. I think that kind of like, you know, like people when you do something like this, people are like, okay, well, what 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 is different about this than anything else that's out there? And my whole thing was exactly what you just said. It's like I still know all of the quote unquote ridiculous questions that beginners ask because I was there, like I was there not too long ago, you know what I mean? So like, I know what's going through people's heads. So I felt like, like if I took all that and just wrote it down, I think I would like be, you know, providing a value that maybe, 
you know, like there's a lot of like people out there that are way more experienced than I am at doing this stuff. And, um, but like you said, maybe, you know, I think as you go through anything, there is a sense of like, you kind of grow complacent with stuff, you know, and you kind of forget about what it was like when you were starting out, you know, you kind of like the more and more you do something, you just kind of like go with the motions. You know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, this is just another backpack hunt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> uh, but like for somebody just starting out, they have, there's a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of questions that you, you probably have, haven't thought of in years, you know, like it's just out of your mind. It's like, well, this is just what we do, you know? Okay. But then like this person over here is okay, but why? <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, you're spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, no, it, it it brings it to the forefront of my mind just thinking about it. And, um, you know, it it's the ultimate adventure to be a backpack hunter and to go on, you know, the most remote places in the lower 48 or the continental United States or the world for that matter, New Zealand, Southern Alps, Vertar. Like these are great big adventures. And so, you know, like going to New Zealand was a huge adventure for me where I had got kind of comfortable with hunting the states and hunting for these high country mule deer and things. And, yeah, you're right. As I think back, I mean, you're committing. It's the ultimate adventure because it's you're risking your life. You are you you it's safe. <laughs> but aren't you like, man, I mean, when you're going out there, it doesn't feel like you have the safety net. It like the the world is fairly nerfed and we're in our cars and in our houses and that that danger isn't present right there. Like a like with a grizzly bear or like with a lightning storm or with adverse weather conditions, a big, crazy, gnarly snowstorm coming in or whatever the case is. But but it comes you have to keep yourself safe by the decisions you make back there and so when you're going into the backcountry with a backpack on like you feel it you feel the weight of it i can remember driving away from my house and i i can remember like shedding a tear leaving my family just thinking man uh, like i'm risking everything to be away from my family to go on this adventure hunt and you're right you get a normalcy to it and a love for it to where you know i, I i'm willing you know, not only willing, like I, I live for going in the backcountry and testing myself and testing my, my own skills, and I feel comfortable there. And but, but you're right. I built this over years to where I forget what those beginning feelings are like. That, um, you know, that it's it's a primal and visceral, but it's almost like a like a primal fear. It's wired into our bodies to keep ourselves safe. And so, when you're risking your body, and you can think about it and go, you know, I'm really in some danger here. Like all of a sudden, your mind's trying to make up excuses for you not to go. And so, oh, yeah. you know, that's one of the beginning battles or the beginning hurdles with with backpack hunting. But it is just like the purest form of hunting. When you get back to the backcountry and immerse yourself in the woods. You know, it doesn't take but a day or two and you really start to get comfortable with your surroundings, even if you're in grizzly country, even if there's rattlesnakes around, whatever it is, you start getting really comfortable with it and the days just click off. You think a 10-day hunt would take forever, but before you know it, it's over with, you know, um, but it, it's just so fun and fulfilling. But I do forget a lot of those beginning feelings that, that came with trying to become a backpack hunter. Yeah, man, that – yeah, dude, all that is so cr- – Oh my goodness. Like, I just like, like I have chills thinking about that. Like talking about like having a tear when you're driving away and stuff like that. Like that is so real, man. Like your mind, dude, I've talked myself out of going on many trips. You're just like, like, like stuff like you're like looking at like 
the weather on your phone. It's like, well, you know, it looks like it's going to be just a downpour the whole time. I think I'm going to wait till next week, you know, and like you put it <laughs> off a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but like, like what you're saying about how once you get back there, that kind of disappears for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, cause you kind of like get in the motion of things and you're like, you're more worried about the hunt and, you know, just like going through the motions of backcountry living, you know what I mean? Like, just like, you know, getting dinner ready and like, oh, I'm going to go hang my food or like, I'm going to, you know, getting your shelter set up and just all that stuff. Um, you're usually always busy backpack hunting, in my opinion. You know, you're either hunting or you're doing something having to do with like making a living back there. Like maybe you're going on like a water trip. You know, you got to go filter water and stuff, haul that back to camp. There's like, you know, there's a lot easier ways to, to hunt. <laughs> but um, I think that's part of the reward. You know what I mean? Like after you do it, um, knowing that you you like accomplish, you're like, oh, I have the skills to do that now. You know, I have the skill. And then like say you backpack in three miles, you know what I mean? And like you're, you know, you know, you, whether you feel a tag or not, it doesn't matter. But you know, you backpack in three miles and you have a great time and you're solo and that's that's a whole nother battle in my opinion is like it's one thing if you're going with a buddy because you guys can kind of like feed off of each other but my goodness if you're solo y you know you are your own worst enemy <laughs> like um i remember the first like i think it was last year goodness i i was sitting there sleeping i was on a bear hunt spring bear hunt I was sleeping and at at midnight I woke up because I heard something, right? And and I hear right next to my head, I hear it's like a breath. And I was like, okay, you know, this is like the moment that I've been like like dreading my whole backpack hunting career. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> this is this is definitely a black bear that's gonna try to make a burrito out of me you know and uh turned out it was a fox he just like he ended up squawking at me you know because they make all these crazy noises if people don't know um it's just a fox he ran into my camp and they just I, I startled him but it's just like crazy thinking about that you know what i mean and like when you're alone out there solo there is nothing like in my opinion there is no other time that is will be more quiet in your life like it's almost so quiet you have to, like you almost have to cover your ears because like it's just like all these things that kind of like go through your head like when you're new to all this like i you know i'm definitely gonna get eaten or whatever you know what i mean like just it's just always like a, like a lot of things that are most of it's irrational you know it's just our minds like build up these crazy scenarios <laughs> You know, yeah, like, man, that's totally it. Yeah. 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 Well, but, I'm glad I'm not the only one because it, 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 uh, it happens. Yeah. Your mind comes up with crazy scenarios and yeah, you get real comfortable with the daytime, but then it gets dark. And like you say, solo, you're alone with yourself. You get to find out who you <laughs> truly are. There's no more hiding. There's no more pretending like you get to get inside the depths of your mind and really look at the person you are and how you're handling things in life. I mean, it gives me a lot of perspective. 
like you say, you're always busy backpack hunting, doing something, but you also get all this time to think and reflect somehow, you know, whether it's hiking <laughs> down to these places or, you know, you're just alone up there thinking about your life too. You know, I, I've made some, some huge life choices and, um, I have made myself a better person. You just get this perspective back there that you don't get anywhere else in life. And, when you when you're solo by yourself, you gotta battle the demons a bit. And and even if you're experienced, like you know, in in my mountains, like guys don't always have the same time as me. And I love teaming up with guys and and going as a partnership. But I hunted a lot of these remote mountains by myself in grizzly country and backpack hunting, sleeping in bivy sacks and um, on ridge lines and bivy tents and things of that nature. And yeah, man, it uh, your your mind will play tricks on you at night, you know, when you're by yourself and um, really get thinking about grizzly bears. And yeah, I've had some night encounters where you hear stuff like that. Um, my buddy was petrified one night, and it was the next morning we we looked outside his tent, and it was a bunch of grouse tracks, like they had been grouse walking <laughs> around, and he was petrified, frozen in his tent to yell or do anything, you know, for these dang grouse. So your your mind can definitely play tricks on you. I've seen um like a bear track walk through the the wallows. Usually it's like deer, elk around. I haven't had the fox thing like that. I'm trying to think at night, but, you know, for for the most part, grizzly bears aren't out just hunting you. Like, they're just animals. Right. You just have to stay out of that 100 yards because they make a, a, a fight or flight. And, you know, black bears aren't as bad as grizzly bears, but they can still attack too, sow with cubs or, you know, anything like that. So I just try to... I try to keep my head on a swivel and be aware when I'm in the backcountry, and, and this is aware for all things, you know. There, there's so many dangers in the backcountry, you know, and, and so for grizzly bears or bears in general anyways, I try to stay out of that 100-yard mark. I try to um, really sit at the vantage points in glass a lot, and as I'm, you know, moving down a skitter road or moving down a trail or anything like that where I'm in tight timber, I'm really looking around and where those attacks happen is when you surprise that bear. And a, a lot of them happen in my valley, like in the fall, after somebody kills an elk. And then there's a grizzly bear guarding an elk carcass. And anybody that walks up that trail bumps into that grizzly bear and he attacks. Like there was three attacks within three miles of where I had me and my Hawaii boys hunting last year. Like we are in grizzly country, you know? And so yeah. like – like just that awareness and then preparing yourself for these challenges you're going to face. Like I know, you know, I've got a Nevada early season tag this year. Nevada is electric. And and I it's not fair, you know, the military has PTSD, but I I swear like I have so like from some of these spots in my younger years where I I didn't have the backcountry experience, I made a lot of mistakes and I slept on the tops of ridge lines and things of that nature. Where, you know, gosh, I had some close calls. I mean, I, I can remember middle of the night having to grab all my gear in the darkness and come off these cliffs as lightning's just ringing around me everywhere. The first strike was right over my head, it seemed like, you know, where just these scary moments that get ingrained in you where it's like, okay – you know, I know I'm going to have to ride out some right lightning storms, but I'm way smarter nowadays. You know, I'm I'm going to get in a low. I'm always going to camp in a spot where I can ride out the storm, you know, and and before I I camp up high and then I started making a lightning plan. If the lightning comes in tonight, I'm going to drop down to this spot and ride out the storm, you know, so like like just having a plan and knowing that you're going to be up against some of these hurdles uh, in hunting solo. 
you know, I know some of my hurdles is just my own mind, you know, concocting things and, you know, I'm going to have to to conquer that. But I think preparing yourself before you get there of how you're going to handle these situations really helps deal with it, at least for me. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, I remember my wife, she used to actually uh, she used to actually write me a note for every single day I was going to be gone. And then she'd like stick them in my backpack and I wouldn't even know. And then like, and then I'd get out there and it was just kind of like this way for me to, I'd read these like notes and basically it was like what she was planning on doing that day, you know, and it was like a way for me to kind of take my mind away from what I was doing at that moment and kind of have this way of, uh, connecting back to home. Um, and that, and that, and that really helped me. And I know there's some guys out there that'll, um, I've heard of people like wearing headphones, like when they go to sleep, they'll like, you know, listen to an audio book or music or whatever. But, um, I, man, I think what you were saying earlier about how you've kind of like worked out these like big life decisions, I think that's such a great place to do that just because like you're not dealing with the noise and the chaos of back, not that our homes are chaotic, right? But like the city is a loud place. There's so much stimuli, stimulus out there, you know? It's like our phones, our TVs, the computers, you know, like when you're driving down the street, like it seems like they're, you know, everybody's trying to advertise something at you. But like out there, life is a lot slower. And. I think that's kind of that adjustment period that you were talking about, you know, like a day or two, you start like feeling a lot better. And I think that's what that is, is like you're kind of having to slow down because the mountains move at a different click than, than we do back at home. You know what I mean? And um, I think that when you're back there and you kind of get to that point, you can finally really hear yourself think. Because you're not dealing with all this other stuff that's distracting you. And I think that's valuable too, you know? So, yeah. Oh, it's so valuable. Uh, you know, that's that's what resets and it gets me uh, reinvigorated to go work hard. Like when I come back from a trip, I'm ready to work hard. I'm ready to, you know, let me cook dinner tonight, you know, whatever it is. Like I just come back uh, re-energized. And, yeah, the, when you're in – when I'm in my normal life – like you say, I've got so many – I've got emails and phone calls and texts, and I've got you know my phone. And like you say, all the stimulus and then drive to here and do this and all this stuff I got to get done. And and honestly, like I can't see the forest through the trees. Like, But when I get up there, <laughs> like, like you're right. You get this time. You slow down. I stop looking at my phone. I, I stop engaging. And all of a sudden, you're just able to think about things clearly like you get this clarity up there you know it, it's really weird and i can't i can't make myself do that at my house like maybe i need to get better at meditation and i do like when i get to the river i get to the river of the mountains is my meditation and every day on my trail run i'm touching the mountains which i just love it just trains me for them i do elevation i'm in the mountains you know i'm i'm in country i'm in bear country it gives me confidence i spend every day in in the woods or in the wilderness you know every day i can you know I, i'm always trying to to fit in these trail runs but i absolutely love it and and through that you know it 
I gain confidence. I, I'm in the woods. I'm in grizzly country every single day, and I get that clarity just through that hour of working out where I get to think about my life or those two hours I get to think about things. But it, it is when you go on a backcountry hunt and it's days, and it, it gives you that clarity. Like it, it even lets you – it gives you more perspective on things. Like you can even look at it – uh, farther in depth of what's going on. So yeah, man, I mean, those are, those are a lot of the benefits that we love. And, and once you do it, it's not fun all the time. Like it's a grind. These backcountry hunts, I, I mean, I say they're the, the most physically, uh, most mentally challenging thing out there. Like it's a, it's a test of endurance. You said it earlier, you said it's a marathon and, and you're absolutely right. But these backcountry hunts that go on for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days, and you're solo out there, Man, I'm telling you, it's tougher than any marathon or ultra marathon I've ever run. You know, it it's day <laughs> after day of the grind. You know, and you you have to be able to endure, and you you have to embrace it. You embrace the hard work. You embrace the grind. It's not fun all the time, but you have like this bigger pur- purpose up there. And I, I just it's a uh, type two fun. You know, type one fun. You know, you don't ride a roller coaster and then think about that roller coaster for the next week or the next month and train for it. But a backcountry hunt is this type two fun where you, you, you hard work, toughness, grit, mental toughness. You put everything into it. You test yourself, you know, and then you get home. And whether you were successful or not, that is all you can think about is getting back on a backcountry hunt, yeah. you know, and that's <laughs> that's beautiful. That's what passion is, man. Yeah, no, it, it's so, you know, it's so funny. I, I laugh about this because like these, you know, these like big adventures, especially if you're planning like an out of state hunt or something like that, you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, like, like last year I, I had your two uh, high country mule deer tags and uh, one was in Colorado, one was in Utah and man, dude, I looked forward to that all year. Like ever since I found out i was going you know what i mean i was like so pumped and just like doing everything you know like making sure i'm top notch on my physical fitness you know like it was going to be my first time hunting the high country which is just like a different level of steepness for anybody that hasn't done that (laughs) um and uh and i was just you know just working on my shooting a lot and and um by the time the the day came when it was like, okay, here we go, you have, I think it was going to be 17 days of backcountry hunting that I was like planned to do. I was like going to go to Utah, hunt mule deer for six, seven days, something like that, come back home for like a day. Then I go on a bear hunt here in Arizona for three days, and then I'm home for like a week, and then I go back to Colorado for 10 days, and then – so when the day came, it was like, okay, time to go. Dude, like when I got back there, it, like this thing that I had been looking forward to for months and months, I'm like suddenly like, well, you, you, you just suddenly incredibly discouraged. You know, it's like this thing that you've been looking forward to for so long that now it's like there's a part of you that's like, man, my bed feels sounds really nice right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Like, am I freaking crazy? You know, am I dri- I'm driving 14 hours to go over here to hunt mule deer in a place I've never been before? Like, all these things are, like, building up in my mind, like, as I'm going there. <laughs> and then I ended up, like, I ended up missing the same deer, like, 
freaking six times or something. I dang near emptied my quiver on them. I was dealing with uh, like a target panic quite a bit right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and so like how you said earlier, you like when you when you come up to like this this like time of adversity and you face that, you're so driven after that failure. And like you want to fix it. That's how I am too. Like I got home and I was like, I need to figure this out now because it's just like this thing that's going to gnaw at me. So I go home, I'm shooting, you know, and like I finally get to the point where I feel like really confident in my shoot, my shooting and stuff. Like I'm, I'm shooting a thumb button to like, you know, and I'm shooting it with tension. So I'm not like, I'm not hitting like punching the trigger or anything like that. Same. So the battle for me with that was as I'm pulling through the shot, it was anticipating when it was going to go off. And that, so I'd anticipate and then I'd flinch. Like when I thought it was going to go off, you, you do that and your arrows, you know, I've I missed so many times. Nowhere. Yeah. I'm just like blowing up arrows. <laughs> um, but I got, I, I went home and I just really dove into it and, uh, you know, took care of it and got to the point where I was like, okay, I've gone three days and I haven't punched, you know, like that's, that was such a milestone for me at that time. So when I went into Colorado, I got out there and I was like, okay, now I feel really confident and stock after stock after stock on these bucks. Like the first stock I made, I thought, I thought I was going to go home the first day. Like I, I, I got to 35 yards. This, this nice four point walks out right below me at 35 yards has no idea I'm there. I'm like, yeah, this is done. I go, I go draw my bow back and my arrow squeaked on my wrist. Dude, those deer ran so fast. You would have thought someone smacked them on the butt. I didn't even get to full draw. So after that, but you know, I was like, okay, you know, that was awesome. That was the first day. Heck yeah. That's going to be rad. And then I just like, just, it was a grind after that, you know, like just not getting close, like getting busted. I like one time I had a marmot squawking at me, like giving up my, you know, like my position or whatever. And, uh, that put the deer on edge and they went out of the country. But then like, I remember waking up cause like, I, like you put, like, I feel like when you're really passionate about something, like you put like a, this pressure on yourself and like, you're like, man, I just really want to do this. I really want to be successful and stuff. And like, I think something that we need to all remember is like, this is also supposed to be fun. You know, it's supposed to be like us, like breaking away from the city and like relaxing a bit, you know, in, in our own sick way. Um, and I remember waking up and I'm like, my number one goal today is I want to like have fun. And I ended up shooting a buck later that day. And, uh, goodness gracious, that right there, like that feeling like before that I was honestly like the days before that I was at the point where I was like, man, I just, this isn't going to happen, you know? And it's just like, I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Cause like, that's how bow hunting is, you know, it's like, you, if you're not there, it's not going to happen. And uh, you waited so long for this, <laughs> that, like to circle back to how I started this 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 bit. Like you waited so long for this, and, and you you like you need to remember, like you asked for all of this. 
like whether like all of the failures, all of the like hailstorms and lightning, like you asked to be put in this situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like so it's like but, but when you get into that situation, suddenly like you start thinking a little bit differently and start questioning your sanity. <laughs> and uh um but it's worth it man you know it, like it's worth it like it's like you're saying like type two fun like i was not having fun when i was getting my butt kicked you know by these high country mule deer but then like after the fact i was like heck yeah dude like went through this like just got busted over here like all these stupid like ridiculous things that like messed up stocks for me and then but in the end you know you know i uh you know fortunately i was able to fill the tag but um yeah, yeah, just do it, it's it's like a different level of rewarding, you know, the backpack hunting thing. Oh, it sure is. Um your story, it, it just everything you say resonates with me so much like uh we're just cut from the same cloth, like we've had that same journey and you missing those deer and emptying your quiver and can't hit it and target panic like Man, we we've all been through. It. I've been through it, and then I've watched buddies go through it. I I've watched through the transition, or or watched where you can't hit anything, you know. And it's horrible. It's the worst place to be, especially when you love it. And it doesn't come up right in the beginning of your hunting career. It kind of comes up. You make some shots, and everything's going okay, and you really think you got it, and then it'll just humble you. Some target panic will creep in, and or or uh, you start overthinking it. Who knows, you know? But then. To have that failure, God, it just cripples you. Something you want to be so good at and work so hard at, and, and then you just blatantly fail at, you know. And it's that's tough to that's a tough pill to swallow, you know. But it is that you know once you can go home, get things right, execute correctly, like you you start to build this confidence and this belief in yourself. And then when you overcome that adversity, like you did on your Colorado mule deer, congratulations, by the way. Like, nice. like what an awesome feat, like to, to go and then to conquer that beast again, you know, the, the enduring and, and man, I've had those same feelings. Like, um, I'm like everybody else. I got a family and I got a job and boy, I get out in the back country and that first day or two, I'm maybe thinking of an email I should have sent or gosh, I'm, I'm out here. Like you say, I drove 20 hours away. Gosh, there, I can't even find a deer out here. This unit doesn't have them or this, but the quicker that you can, just embrace your time out there, and I've got better over time at not being so driven to where I let it ruin my experience to just, like you say, have fun and appreciate the time I have out here. And I love what, when you said, like, I had to chuckle. You know, you asked for all this. You asked for this time out here <laughs> yeah. in the mountains, and now all of a sudden you want to be home, you know, and it, it, it's your brain will play tricks on you because – you know, you're 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 absolutely pushing your body. Your your body is consuming more calories than you can put in. You know, and so, you know, you're starving yourself to death up there, and just putting this extreme effort into this deal, that that it sometimes seems impossible. You know, you don't. I know there's you know, in comparison is the thief of happiness, but there's so many guys out there that get it done consistently and get it done on big critters that it's easy to compare yourself. You know, to them and go, gosh, why can't I do this? Or, or out there stalking mule deer and going, man, I've messed up this many stocks. I, it doesn't even seem possible at this point, you know. But if you keep putting in that effort, it's just amazing what opportunities will open up, and eventually it'll come together. But I, I, I love what you said, like um, enjoying the experience, and that's what I really try to do. If you love it, you know, and you work hard at it. It, it'll come it'll happen you know and 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 i've had it happen so many times to me that i just got have this belief but i'm really 
trying to enjoy the whole process because that's the thing that you really love. When it's all said and done, you don't look back at the trophy you killed and just think how great you are. Like the fun is in in planning for it and doing it and being out there. So when you're out there and you're grinding, you know, I can't help but smile and just say, man, this is where I wanted to be all year long. Here I am, you know, or a big climb or a camp move or a uh, uh, can't find deer. It's like, man, good. This will give me a chance to explore more country. Good. I'm going to put a bunch of miles in elevation on. I'll be in ripping shape. I'll be ready for the next one. I can't kill a deer you know, like in uh, Wyoming last year, I had one of the most epic hunts I had ever had in and through there, but I could not get a deer killed. And and I've killed a, I've killed a mule deer with my bow for probably the last 20 years, but like the last 15 years, I'd killed a high country deer with my bow every year. And now I'm stuck in Wyoming with 10 days and I've got all this snow and this rain and I'm finding bucks. I'm in the absolute best spot on planet earth to hunt deer at this point where i'm just seeing you know bucks with kickers and stickers and wide ones and you know i don't know if i was chasing any deer over 200 inches but a lot of deer that went over 180 and i'm just grinding and going for it hard and i could not make it come together i um busted stock i get winded you know conditions but i got done with that hunt and and it was my favorite hunt of the whole year like that grind that that going for it, like I at, around every corner, every chance I had, I absolutely went for it. Put in a ton of miles, ton of ele- elevation. My buddy Dan was there with me on the hunt. He killed his best deer to date, which also added to the experience. But uh, yeah, it's it's loving the process, and when you love the process, success will come. Big animals are going to die from your arrow, you know. It's it's just a matter of time. Um, when you, when you love it, it comes. Yeah, no, absolutely that. Um... <laughs> Uh, that word, the process, I think that's the, key, that's a key thing in all of this. It's like, you have to trust it. Like if you just like continue to go through the motions and like put yourself in these amazing places, cause that's what they are. You know, and like when you're sitting there like down on yourself, just look around, you know, and then you'll quickly realize you're not so unlucky, you know, like being there and looking at like these, like absolutely insane views like especially your high country mule deer hunting like every single place you look in my opinion is like a painting up there it just looks absolutely you're you are inside of a magazine when you're high country mule deer hunting in my opinion and um and through that process if you just keep going through the motions and trust it not saying you're definitely going to shoot a deer but you're going to experience, in my opinion, some level of success, whether that is you're going to find the deer, you're going to learn something. You're going to be a better hunter at the end of it for sure. But the stuff that gets shared over the campfire, it's not like when you shot the arrow. It's all that stuff before. That's like that's the hunt. You know, it's like what you're saying, like planning it and like, oh, yeah, man, we hiked in here and there was people here so we had to move you know and went over into this base and that place didn't have water so we had to like make water trips over into this canyon over here and then haul water back up to camp and but like that right there is the is the story that's the stuff that you're going to remember you know and then the period at the end you know if you're fortunate is you know it's like you know you shoot an arrow you know and hopefully you fill your tag but the period doesn't have to be that it could be you know that 
what an amazing hunt I just had, you know, like you were saying, like you had the most amazing hunt in Wyoming, but you didn't notch a tag. I, I remember listening to that, to your live uh, pod, your semi-live podcast of that. Dude, I was so hooked on that. You're just like in the bucks the whole freaking time, you know, <laughs> like, and it just, hey, that's bow hunting, you know, and, and it's, it, that sits a lot better with some people than others. Um, unfortunately, I think there's quite a few people out there that, uh, that throw in the towel with the bow because it just, it is like a different level of difficulty, like for sure. Like you, you need to, you need to be like, you need to be really motivated in my opinion, you know, and, and even, even with that, like that doesn't say you're going to get an opportunity, you know, but I, you're damn sure going to be a better hunter at the end of the season. Oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? With both, sometimes it just seems impossible. <laughs> Even for me, that's done it over and over and over and over again. Sometimes, just one species or one animal, it just got my number, or you just, you know, there, there's so many things that have to go right to get that shot on an animal, and and um, that's why I love it. If it was easy, I would have given it up years ago. But the deal is, is it still challenges me, you know, every year, and and I think, I think honestly, I get. Uh, more hooked on it every single year like it just like uh as your knowledge grows and as you get better you create more opportunities but i think it's important to realize like we're all on our own journey and and just like you've been stating the whole podcast as you take those successes like you just don't compare yourself to what other people are doing you're on your own journey you're on your own path and and you know there was years that i hunted um bulls cutting them cutting my teeth like as a, a you know, a young kid moved out to Montana at 19 and just hunting bulls around here like crazy. We get a, a five, six week bow season. And, and I remember how difficult it was. And like, um, I, I remember how many scenarios I messed up on big bulls or get close and didn't get them. I'm, there was years I had where I was bow hunting, where I had nothing to show for it, but the adventure and the love for it, you know? And, and then pretty soon, like your skills start to catch up and, and then all of a sudden you're you're killing bulls, and then you you go, gosh, you know, to kill a bull, that's awesome. I love that meat every year, but you know, this year I've got good time and things. I want to set my goals a little bit higher. I want to look for a six point, you know. And you can just keep working your way up the rungs of the ladder. And not that it's all about that. It's you know we're each on our own journey. But for me, that's what kept driving me is you know the the training and that is 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 to challenge myself for a, a new goal that was tougher on myself and. And you have to enjoy the journey and the process, like we said, along the way. Um, but but it doesn't hurt to have a motivating factor, and and all of us have to find that. But but we're all on our own journey, you know. If you if you never if I never harvested another another animal and had all these amazing adventures in the woods, like as much as I love the meat and I love harvesting, I love that success. It you know I'd be fine with that. Like I I'm in it for the adventure, and um, it's it's just so nice to have. I love being engaged in the hunt and, and trying to theorize and think of what my next move is. And, and um, gosh, it really just drives me around those mountains to keep putting in that miles, keep putting in that effort. And, and that's what I love. I love that drive and then and then just having that, that passion for it, man. Such a cool endeavor that, that we've taken on. And that, like your book, that backpack bow hunting, that is just the purest form of hunting. It's the toughest. It's the most difficult and it still takes effort. So even though it's, you know, it's cool and there's a lot of guys doing it nowadays, um, you, you still can you 
you can go get your own experience every time in the mountains, even in the most pressure spots. Like I can, I can go find my own experience because it, it's not, as human beings, like it's hard work separates us and it still comes down to hard work. And in the mountains, there just aren't many shortcuts, you know, you, you gotta just endure and put in the miles and figure it out. And so like putting in that effort, it, it sure gets you such a quality experience in the backcountry, man. I, I just love it like you do. It's been such a fun conversation just diving into yeah, it. Yeah, no. Heck yeah, man. I, you know, I think something important uh, to point out there is that uh, what you were saying about um, – I, I think you need to be honest. Like people need to be honest with themselves and like really – and like recognize that they are on their own journey. And I, in this world, we live in a very – exposed world right like our lives are plastered on social media and it's hard to not scroll through your newsfeed and you know get these ideas of oh i'm just gonna go waltz into the high country and shoot a 180 inch mule deer (laughs) (laughs) you know but like i think it's important for you not you brian but like you in general um, to recognize where you are in your bow hunting. You know, if you've never shot a deer before, like there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with shooting a forked horn. Nothing. Like, nothing. And I think that it's wrong to, uh, to think that it is, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, well, be like, be honest with your, your own skill set. you know, like you every there's, you're going to gain so much more from that experience than just those forked horns. Like you're going to, you're going to, a, you're going to find out what it's like to be at full draw on a live animal. Like, cause, cause how often do we get to practice that? Not a lot, you know, like we're like aiming at these like conveniently placed orange dots and stuff on targets. Okay. You're going to get that. You're going to get the feeling of like releasing the arrow and hearing that sound when the arrow hits that critter. So, you know, like now you've now you've experienced that infamous thwack that everybody talks about, you know, and then you're going to get blood trailing experience and how to decipher that. You're going to track the animal. You're going to know what it's like to break an animal down. Like all of this is so valuable and then like packing the animal out and finding out what's the best way for you personally to do that and then bring it home and just like you know sitting down and eating the animal just like this whole full circle experience is so much bigger than the forked horn man um and I just uh, like I I just wish um I I wish more people kind of looked at it like that you know what I mean like there's so much bigger of a trophy um, I love big animals. I really do. Like this year, like I just said earlier, like I passed on that smaller bear. You know what I mean? But like, you know, I've been I bear hunt a lot. You know, I bear hunt every single year. I usually kill one every year. And um, and for me and like my personal bear hunting journey, I was like I felt comfortable being like, eh, yeah, I'm gonna let that bear enjoy hit the rest of his the, the upcoming rut. You know what I mean? Like I'm just gonna let him do that. Um, but like somebody like. Three or four years ago, heck, man, I probably would have sent it on that bear. Yeah, because like I, at that time I hadn't shot a bear with a bow, so I, I think I think that's uh, I, I think it's um, valuable for people to to recognize their own journey, you know. And like like you're saying, like comparison is the thief of all happiness. You know what I mean? It's like 
you could really like work yourself into a tizzy, you know, if you just keep comparing yourself to everybody on Instagram, you know, like you're seeing a highlight reel really on social media, you know, and, um, yeah, you might see this one guy, he's got like all these giant bucks every single year, but like, I think you're not like, you're, you don't understand. Like a lot of people, like they're not seeing, oh, maybe he went on 15 stocks before that and maybe he missed, you know, that's not on there. It's just the just the end result so <laughs> yeah man yeah it's so important what you're saying um we're all on our our each journey and you have to take those successes and you have to work your way up the rungs of the ladder you can't skip steps you can't just decide you're gonna bow hunt and that you're only gonna kill giant critters because you won't get that many opportunities and and uh when you do get those opportunities you haven't paid your dues by shooting at a doe shooting at a forky shooting at a three point getting closing the deal knowing how to process knowing how to pack out like you have to build all these skills and and we all are on our own journey and you're right we we all love big critters. I can't help myself, you know, and, and you can't help yourself either. But it's like I appreciate all animals and the experience. And even if I had to go backwards and all I shot was forkies for the rest of my life, I'd be happy with that because I love bow hunting. I love the stock. I love the chance. And I I said a long time ago when I committed to bow hunting, you know, I'm not going to kill as big animals as with a rifle. I got to take a step back and start over on my on my, on my own journey, my own quest. I've got to shoot the first four point, the first six point that comes in. But through these years, and like you say, it is a highlight reel. You don't get to see all the mistakes. And when I first started, there was no social media to post my two points or my does or my, you know. So, like, yeah. um, it, it, it's it's through this now where, you know, now I've got, you know, 20 years of, of really learning how to hunt out of state and going to all these places and finding this you know, building all these skills to where now, yeah, I mean, I can, I can go on a hunt and set my goals pretty high. I'm there for the entire experience and chasing these animals, but with those high goals, like that drives me. It keeps me vo- motivated to keep training hard every year, to not rest on my laurels, to keep shooting. You know, and so, you know, like I, I love that Michael Jordan documentary, like one of the greatest at all times, but he had to concoct things in his head to make himself train as hard as he did to win that next championship. And not that I'm into winning championships or I have to harvest deer. Like I really love the journey, but that keeps me on the trails. It keeps me motivated, but it's, it's important to know that, you know, I've been honing those skills for 20 years. You've been honing your hunting skills for your lifetime and your bow hunting skills for the last seven years. We're, we're all on a different path and you have to take those successes. You have to take opportunity. And I, you can't skip, skip those steps. I had a, a buddy that, you know, when you're mixing rifle hunting and bow hunting and he had had some really good rifle success and killed some giant bulls and he was early in his bow hunting career and he'd already shot some big bulls. And so he just decided, nope, all I want is a a great big bull with my bow, you know? And, and so he went a few years trying to kill this giant bull with his bow, but every time he'd get the chance, he'd mess it up, you know, because he just didn't have that experience with his bow of getting those kills under his belt. And so finally, after four or five years of not killing a bull and messing up all these encounters, he had to start over. He had to start over with shooting the first bull that came in. And then, you know, now he's shooting six points. Like, and now he's really good at executing his shots. I've watched him his entire journey. And now, you know, he kills a six point bull every year and, and 
who knows he might you know he might decide that he wants a a 320 bull now or a you know uh, he's on his own path and his own journey but it's important not to skip those steps and you can't feel bad uh about you know some people feel bad about harvesting a two-pointer i guess there's some some social pressure or something but yeah. we're out there to bow hunt, and the fun is to make the stock and try to make the shot. Like, I love bow hunting. It is tough for me to hold off on animals. I get excited. <laughs> like, I want to go make a play. I want to go get close. I want to go see what happens. And, you know, through the years, I've been able to get better at that. But still, I mean, I I see a target animal that I know I'm going to be happy with. It doesn't have to be the biggest deer in the world, you know. I'm I'm going to go give it my all and go stock, and that's what – that's what charges me is getting those opportunity and those chances. That's what I love to do. Like that's the fun of bow hunting. So that's what I'm always searching for. Oh yeah, dude. Me too. I, I, I just like just te- testing your skills, you know what I mean? It's just, and it's just fun. It's just fun. Like you spot a deer way off. And, and I think, um, something that's also, uh, something to note is like, if the deer's in like a perfect spot, that's another thing that's kind of like, man, he might not be massive, but he's in a great spot, and that's going to be an epic stock. I'm going to go after him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah man. I, right? I uh, I love it. Yeah, the the stock and the excitement. Um, that's what you're there for, and and really, that's what I I, I love action is probably my funnest thing that i love like i i love chasing big critters and um you know I've, I've been fortunate to harvest some some great animals year after year but you know really for me i'm searching for that epic hunting like the funnest time i have is when i'm i'm into bachelor herds of bucks and i'm bedding them down and i'm getting ready to make a chance and i may mess that one up but but i found a different buck in this basin or when it's elk hunting and it's just this rut party and there's six seven eight nine bulls and they're screaming back and forth and oh there's another six point i don't even get a chance to stalk them all they're they're running wild over there like uh um axis deer in hawaii in the rut where they're you you just hear them and you're chasing them and you're close like that's what i love that action that it uh nothing is funner to me than bow hunting action oh yeah for sure man i um i think it was I think it was two or three years ago. I drew a Arizona archery bull tag in there September, and um, that's how it was every single day. It was just like like the first five minutes of the hunt. I called in a bull. He came running in, just like this raghorn, you know. Came running in, and I ended up passing on that bull. I was like, well, goodness gracious! I waited six years for the tag. I, I I uh, wanted it to last a little longer than five minutes, you know, <laughs> and like, and, but I, you know, that's how it was every single day. And that, you know, I ended up, you know, I missed on that hunt a bunch and I hit a bull bad on that hunt. And like at the end of it, you know, it was really discouraging as I was going through that. It was just like the normal grind of bow hunting, you know, just like this, like crazy up and down roller coaster, like feeling like you're beneath the dirt one moment and then like you feel like you're on top of the world the next but like um ended up uh having this giant bull on the last day of the hunt i hunted i think i hunted for like 15 days and uh just just out of range you know just like i mean i'm not a score guy but like the people that saw him is like he was like a 350 plus you know 360 had like 
devil tines on him and stuff you know like he walked past me at like 95 yards and it was just like this thing of if i would have zigged when he zigged then you know would have got a great opportunity at him you know i would have been well within range but at the end of that hunt like um you know looking back on it it's like you know Life was pretty good struggling in the elk woods, but that's like something that's kind of hard to see when you're in the elk woods, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, you need to, you need to remember that stuff as you're like going through this stuff, like the action itself, like what you were saying, like that in itself is also like a huge milestone and huge accomplishment and like a trophy in itself. So, man, it so is, um, you have such great insight into bow hunting, backpack hunting. Uh, you've got me absolutely fired up to get out on the trails today and get ready. we got a couple months left before season gets here. But, man, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, congratulations again on your book and uh, also uh, your social media. Like, I love following your social media. Uh, can you just give that out real quick? Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to follow along with my stuff, it's all – if you just search Dialed In Hunter – um, on I'm on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Um, yeah, just search Dialed Hunter. I'm happy to chat with folks. I, I answer every single well, – I try to at least. I try to answer every single message that gets sent to me. And then, you know, if anybody wants to check out that book, um, it's available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle formats. You just search Becoming a Backpack Hunter, and uh, it should pop up. So, Perfect, man. Um, well, I really enjoyed it. We'll keep in touch and uh, get you uh, get you on again after season. Heck yeah, sounds good, Brian. Thanks. Okay. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Fun conversation with Josh. Um, really in depth, and and I just love that perspective uh, of new to backcountry hunting and and what he brings to the table. So just a great conversation. Make sure to check out his book, Becoming a Backpack Hunter. A Beginner's Guide to Hunting the Backcountry. So uh, pretty impressive to to sit down and, and to, to, to write a book. It's something that I haven't done yet, so I'm so impressed by the dedication and discipline it takes. I'd love to do it someday, but just a great conversation. I uh, really enjoyed meeting him. Uh, we'll get him back on the podcast after season and see how he did, but yeah, I just love the connections I make on this podcast. Just great people. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening in. I sure appreciate the support. Uh, it just means everything. The downloads on the podcast, uh, the shares. I saw another couple come through this week. Um, it, you know, these podcasts, there's so many of them nowadays that they just spread by, by word of mouth. And um, so I just continue to try to bring out the absolute best content I can. Uh, and again, here before hunting season, I'm going to sit down and record some good solo podcasts. Um, on mule deer, on elk, and and just on a, a go for it spirit, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're getting we're closing in here on hunting season. I uh, just want to thank also Sika Gear, and uh, I want to thank Matthews Bows, uh, two crucial components to my success every season. I just love the gear they're producing, and it's so nice to to have these great companies stand behind the podcast. So uh, I'm so thankful for that. So if you guys are in the market for uh, uh, a new piece for your clothing system or a new bow, make sure to check out Sitka and Matthews. 
And with that, um, also make sure to check out uh, Eastman's and everything we have going on. Uh, this company has just been great to me, and and they produce so much great content through the magazines, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, make sure to check out the TV shows, uh, uh, Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor Channel, and check out uh, Beyond the Grid on the YouTube um, I actually just had another one release. It was a backcountry Wyoming hunt. It was actually the first hunt that I filmed. Uh, they just re-released it onto YouTube on the internet, so you guys can find that at Beyond the Grid and check it out. It's a great hunt for high country muleys, so pretty cool to capture that. And uh, that's where it all started for me, at least for filming hunts. Uh, so yeah. Um, also check out, uh, we've got Tag Hub. It's uh, the most comprehensive research tool for out-of-state hunts. It just compiles all our data uh, from the MRS section and more in all these states, all these different units. It just gives you a really good idea of where the good hunting's coming from and uh, what tags are a good opportunity that, that match up to your expectations for a hunt. So uh, that's Eastman's Tag Hub. We're giving away $16,000 worth of gear. Uh, to Tag Hub members. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure to check out Tag Hub. And, and this thing is constantly evolving and constantly getting better. We're, we're putting more data into it and, and uh, uh, more articles into it. Like I say, the, the most recent one I saw is where they took all the Pope and Young entries for bulls in which date they were harvested and then made a graph to tell you, you know, when bulls are harvested throughout the rut, like the best dates to hunt. Uh, pretty incredible graph and, and information in there. So if you guys are interested, make sure to check out Tag Hub. I think I covered all my bases here. Yep, just trying to get my work done. Um, yeah, it's busy right now, just with construction and uh, the podcast and everything else I have going on. We just completed the Western Hunting Summits, did some great miles, met some great guys on that thing. So summer's just cruising by. Um Man, am I getting pumped for hunting season. Oh my gosh, it's all I can think about right now. Well, that and a little fly fishing this summer. Uh, also, make sure to check out that uh, fly fishing podcast. I know I've mentioned it on here before. Um, it, it's been really fun. Starting a new podcast. I've been having some great conversations. And um, man, I just got it so good before that last Western Hunting Summit. Fishing evenings in the salmon fly hatch. And um, yeah, caught some really nice browns. Uh, just really fun. So this week on the uh, Eastman's Flycast is where you can find that everywhere where you get podcasts. So it's a separate podcast. You have to search for it. Uh, Eastman's Flycast. Uh, this week I have Zach Botton on, and I'm a huge fan of a lot of his Montana Wild films. So just a great conversation. We really dive into the the salmon flies and fishing for them. Um, yeah, it's a great one. So make sure to check that out. Now I've got all my bases covered. Yep, getting in good runs, good arrows. I am going to be so ready for this season. I cannot wait to cut these legs loose, go chase some critters around. I've got some good friends coming up to hunt with me. Great hunts planned. Just doesn't get any better. So keep working hard towards your goals, guys. Season's right around the corner. That's a wrap for this week. I'll check in with you guys next week.